Wow. <laughs> Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. Uh, my name is James Drew. I'm joined here virtually by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What's up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Yellow. We are the Fantasy Football Fathers, and this is our podcast, and this is our first year recording the podcast, but we've all been playing fantasy football for a 40 combined plus. 40 years plus, so, um, and we, we've had uh, some pretty good success, so we think we can bring some some nice opinions and takes and thought processes to um, help you in your fantasy start sit decisions and waiver wires and all that. So that's kind of what we've been doing this year. Waiver wire shows on Tuesdays, matchups episodes later in the week, usually Friday or Saturday. Um, so keep an eye out for those next week as well. And if you are on Twitter, feel free to follow us at the FF fathers on Twitter. Uh, we're also posting all of our shows to that page um, and communicating with the fantasy industry. So um, if you're on Twitter, hit us up there if you have any starter sick questions. But uh, we covered our early games, the early matchups in our previous episodes. So if you're looking for those matchups, give that one a listen. In this episode, we're going to be doing the late games. Um, uh, the, and the super games super late games and the super Tuesday night football games. Um, so and also our starts of the week. So, I got some good starts of the week. Oh yeah, yeah, you'll best. see. They're better than your guys's. <laughs> uh, let's get right into it with our first matchup. Uh, in the late window, the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are two and a half point favorites. The over under is forty four points. Um, starting on the Cincy side here, uh, Joe Burrow was a full participant on Friday. He's been battling through some injury, but it's looking like he'll play. Um. How do you guys feel about Joey Burrow this week? I'm curious on your thoughts if he is startable in the first week of the playoffs. And he is risky, is my first thought when you think about starting him in the playoffs. I mean, right now he's technically quarterback 10 on the year. But I don't know. What do you think, Irby? I could tell you guys something to say. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a really tough matchup. Um, I know he's, you know, been a top 10 quarterback most of the year. But, <clears throat> I mean, on the year, Denver is fourth best against quarterbacks in the last four weeks. They're 10th best. So, a slight drop off. But, I mean, it's still really, really tough. Um, I'm thinking you, sh- I would pivot away from Burrow this week. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same field. It's just a tough matchup, and with so much on the line, I think there's better options out there, maybe even streamable options. Maybe like a like, would you start Tua against the Jets over Joe Burrow? Without question. Yeah, I feel like that one seems pretty obvious. 
I was going to ask you guys, would you start Big Ben or Joe Burrow? Um, that one's tougher. I would probably, I would honestly probably lean Big Ben against the right. Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I just it, think it's it a better a matchup. One. And and honestly, like from what I've seen from Ben, like yeah, it's been tough throughout the year, but he really didn't look as terrible last week, and he was putting some balls on the money. I I would I would lean Big Ben in that situation. I'll add that um, the Broncos have not allowed more than two passing touchdowns to any quarterback all year. I honestly believe that's a complete coin flip uh, between the two of them. That that one's really tough. Yeah, I 50-50. think I think I would lean Burrow just because he's been the more consistent quarterback this year. Um, but that's and I and I kind of believe in the Cincinnati offense more than I believe in the Pittsburgh offense. Yeah. Says a lot about Big Ben and how we feel about him right now. <laughs> he's looking decent finally. Well, yeah, I mean, shit, six weeks ago, we would have never even questioned this. Oh, no, I was pooping all over him. I did not like Big Ben early in the season. <laughs> um, So how do you feel about the receivers on Cincinnati's side then? Jamar Chase, I think it must start, obviously. Um, but T. Higgins is going to play uh, officially. He's good to go. Um, had a, dec- a good game last week. Do you feel confident enough to start T. Higgins? Yeah, he's been on a tour lately. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. He's been great. Go ahead, Trey. I kind of cut you off. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. I was just going to say, like, he's uh, finally finding consistency. But um, it, it's still kind of questionable for me. I mean... It's because of the touchdowns. He has points, and with Tyler Boyd being there, I don't know. Do you like T. Higgins more than Tyler Boyd? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think at this point it's clear that Higgins is, you know, coming the becoming the receiver number two. But the same thing, you know, just like his the quarterback decision. Um, Denver's good against receivers, which would be expected when they're good against quarterbacks too. Um, I mean, they have they 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 start three corners that could literally start on every team in the league, so. It's it's tough. Um, I don't love T. Higgins this week, but I think you can still play him. Would you go T. Higgins or Russell Gage? T. Higgins. <laughs> Are you looking at my fantasy roster right now? <laughs> That's a decision. That's literally a decision I've like I've been pondering. Not much, but definitely T. Higgins. I mean, Russell Gage has definitely a little bit of upside this week, but. Uh, I'd probably have to go T Higgins as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of the same argument where like I have so much more faith in the Cincinnati offense than I ever would in Atlanta's offense right now that I'd rather go with, you know, the safer bet. Um, On the Broncos side, Javante Williams has been dealing with a hip injury, but per Vic Vangio, uh, the head coach, he is fine and will play. So, how are you guys feeling about the Broncos uh, running back situation? Like, are they both must-starts? Um, I think Devontae is definitely a must-start. Uh, he's been on absolute tear with Gordon out. And I, I find it very hard for a team that is still, you know, fighting to get into the playoff position 
to go away from that. With that being said, I think Gordon is still a you know a flex worthy player. So Gordon is dealing with a hip and thumb. He was limited right. on Friday, um, but is expected to play. Question. Yeah. Well, but if you, Nick Fangio came out and said that they expect him to play also. Yeah, that's see, Gordon feels a little dicey to me here. Like, I feel like you have to start Javante Williams, but. I don't feel the same about Melvin Gordon. Um, I, I'm with you on that, Jim. I'm a little shaky <laughs> on Melvin Gordon, uh, mostly because he's ten, he looks like he's like the more injured person right now, and the fact that the Bengals have been just shutting the run game down for the last four weeks or so, and really done pretty well most of the year, really only letting the Browns um, and the Packers run all over him. Other than that, they've pretty much shut down every other team they've played. Yeah, and, you know, moving to the Broncos' passing game, it's been basically non-existent. I don't, I'm not starting anyone. I'm not starting any of the receivers or Noah Fant, who's been terrible all year. Noah Fant has no effect. <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, Falcons taking on the 49ers. The Niners are nine-point favorites over under 45 and a half points. Uh, starting on the Niners side of the ball, Mitchell is officially out with the knee concussion, uh, combination of injuries. So how do you guys feel about Jeff Wilson? Um, if, if you're the Mitchell manager, um, and you have Jeff Wilson on your bench, is he just an automatic plug-in or are you worried about Jeff Wilson at all? Um, I'm pretty worried about him. I mean, he was a start last week in Cincinnati with Mitchell out and he logged 59% of snaps and led the team with 13 carries, but it's still not a ton of carries for your lead back. So unless he scores a touchdown, I, I'd be worried about playing him. Yeah, it's definitely too sketchy for me. Um, I'm right there with you on that, Irby. Melvin Gordon or Jeff Wilson? Oh, Jeff Wilson. Just because Melvin Gordon looks like he's going to be playing second fiddle against like one of the better run defenses in the league. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. But it's so like it's so dicey with the Niners because Debo could you know, lead the team in rush and and carries like and you never know when Kyle Ushek is going to be involved. Jermichael Hasty might steal some carries away. So, yeah, it's it's dicey. I mean, well, last week Jeff Wilson had 13 carries for 56 yards. Really nothing yeah. too crazy. That's going to be more than what Melvin Gordon has. Yeah, I could get with that. So, yeah, I think Jeff Wilson's startable, but that's probably where that ends. Debo is... Um, absolutely a must start. You know, he's taking over that Cordell Patterson esh role, <laughs> you know, getting carries out of the backfield. Um, you'd like to see him get a few more targets through the air combined with those rushes, but he's still producing even when he's in that role. So Debo for me is an absolute must start. Um but Brandon Ayuk, um, he's kinda become the wide receiver one when Debo's in that running back hybrid role 
Um, so for me, like I've been starting Brandon Ayuk in our main league, um, like for the last three weeks. Um, he's kind of been plugged in. I'm like, I've been, you know, AJ Brown's down with injuries, so I'm kind of dealing with some guys being out. It's basically down to him or or Rashad Bateman at this point. And so, yeah, obviously Brandon Ayuk, I've been starting, but how do you guys feel about Brandon Ayuk? Do you think he's, um, a solid wide receiver two option first week of the playoff? I'd say flex. What do you think, Herbie? Yeah, I lean more toward like I'd say low end RB two or wide receiver two uh, versus an, or flex play. Um, I, I mean, I know I'm I'm like looking at his games. And I'm like, he's had you know four out of the last six games have been double digits, and I'm like, damn, that's not bad. Like it shows consistency, but I don't know if like for I'm maybe I'm still like a little jaded from the early part of the season when he was so terrible. Yeah, but I mean, he seems to be you know coming around more and more. And yeah, with the backfield situation being so in flux and Debo basically being a pseudo running back, I think Ayuk is a good play this week. So maybe, yeah, I think I just talked myself into him being a receiver too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I think he's a solid wide receiver too. um, For those, he's been getting better. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's clearly out of the doghouse. He's a talented receiver for sure. Like for me, I would rather play in this matchup, I'd rather play Brandon Ayuk over Russell Gage. I would take Russell Gage. He's being undervalued right now. Russell Gage is, in my opinion. But Brandon Ayuk, I mean, he hasn't uh, topped 100 yards, even with all, like, uh, the snap usage that he's getting around, like, 90%. He's getting, like, a decent amount of targets, but he's just really touchdown dependent. And Russell Gage um, gets a lot of catches in yards when things are going right, which they have been him it seems like they're finally throwing in the ball um honestly, i i kind of put them on the same level here actually both teams are pretty shitty against receivers um uh, in the last four weeks both giving up over 40 points a game to the position i think they're both very good plays so transitioning obviously george kittle's a start um transitioning to the falcons so you guys are saying Russell Gage is in that wide receiver two range then? Or is he more think, of a wide receiver three flex? I'd put him more as a flex player because the upside's not quite as there with the offense and he's less likely to score a touchdown. Um, but that's about it. I mean, his usage is probably higher than Ayuk's is. Yeah, out of straight necessity, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the usage thing might be uh, looks to be true. I mean, Russell Gage does play a less percentage of snaps uh, for the Falcons, but I think we kind of whittled it down to at least what I'm coming to is they're both like flex guys to me who get a good amount of looks but score rarely and um, get a decent amount of yardage. Um, Kyle Pitts has only scored one touchdown on the year. Um, he had that one huge game in, I think week seven, where he put up 160 yards. Um, like, how do you guys feel about Kyle Pitts? Is he startable? Can you trust Kyle Pitts? I mean, the tight end position is so, you know, slim 
and he gives you that upside. Like he can go off for a hundred plus. He has that kind of upside, but it's been a long just, time since he did it though. It just hasn't been there consistently. So like do you see Kyle Pitts finishing as a top twelve tight end? Yeah, I don't. Um the one thing my the biggest worry is even though he still saw a pretty much the same amount of targets last week as he has the rest of the year. He played almost half the snaps as he did uh, most of the season. That's worrisome, um, and that should and that's not a game script thing because they were playing Carolina. It's not like they were down big or, or anything like that, or they were up big either. You know, so like they were still having to had a normal game plan, and he still wasn't producing and played less snaps. That feels like they're losing a little bit of faith in him. So um, I think he's outside of my top twelve this week. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is going to lose people leagues. I've been saying that. Um, I would not be starting him. I would start people like Pat Fryermuth over him. What like, about like uh, Dallas Godair? Definitely. Um, that one's actually a little tougher. I, I thought Godair was gonna have a big season once Ertz left, and uh, he's had like one good game since that happened. Well, last he's had a good game Garner. last week. Yeah, right, okay, but yeah. that was his first good game in, you know, five weeks. Yeah, and it's looking like Jalen Hurts will be playing again. So we'll get to that matchup in a minute. But um, yeah. Cordell Patterson, um, absolute must start, right? And and that's where we draw the line there with the Falcons. Yeah, I mean. Pretty sure that's where we draw the uh, drew the line every game this season since uh, Calvin Ridley went out. What do you mean, man? You don't want to start Mike Davis? No. Um, <laughs> Packers taking on the Ravens. Uh, Packers are five and a half point favorites. Over under is forty three and a half points. Um, starting on the Packers side. By the way, if that's still the spread, I like taking the Packers and the points there. Well, it depends on when you got got in on it. Um, it might be. It's probably changed now. Yeah, I mean, I did put that spread on there two days ago. Yeah, I'm curious what it is, but um, don't worry, Rod- I got you. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Someone, where's our research guy? Um, Aaron Rodgers on the Packers side has has been on fire as of late. Um, he's an absolute must start. You know. Uh, for me, you know, like, would you guys, with Lamar being questionable, would you start Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson? The same matchup here. No, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, even um, with the spread Lamar hasn't changed a ton. <laughs> uh, right now, the spread is at six and a half, so it hasn't changed a ton. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'd still probably take the Packers and the points there. Would you start Rodgers or Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill playing the Bucks. Ooh man, uh, I'll go with Taysom. Yeah, that's that's a tough one for me. I I think I lean Rogers, just because he's been on fire. Um, and the Buccaneers defense is pretty good. Yeah, but I mean Taysom's shown that even when he plays poorly, he's a fantasy like monster so yeah true 
He's got a high floor. Um, but still, Rodgers must start. Easy top 12 quarterback. Um, Devontae Adams obviously must start. Aaron Jones was removed from the injury report, so he should be good to go. Um, feel good about starting him, even with A.J. Dillon being in the mix, right? For sure. Honestly, I mean, I understand that Dillon is like he's a good back. But I feel like we're going back with Aaron Jones to what we were saying like three years the last other than the last season, like the three years before that was like the free Aaron Jones movement. I feel like we're starting to get back onto that because like I feel like Dylan's taking up too much of his workload because Aaron Jones is too good to be kept on the sideline. Yeah. And but for me in this one, I think you can start both backs. I think AJ Dillon can be flexed. I, I can see the Packers getting out ahead in this game. And they've the Packers have kind of been leaning on AJ Dillon to cap off the games in the second half. And so I could see him getting a decent amount of work in the second half in this game and, and giving you a nice flex play. I'd have to disagree with like the game script thing, but I mean, if it is a, um, a game where they're ahead, I do like AJ Dillon. Definitely. I just think it might be a little closer than that. Um, what about on the Ravens side? Um, Lamar Jackson looking very questionable for the game with the ankle injury. Yeah. You know, you, you have to like in, in one of our league, in our main league, our home league, I have Lamar Jackson. I picked up Tua as a, you know, backup option. And it's looking like I'm probably going to be starting Tua. So hopefully if you have Lamar, you've already made, you know, those adjustments and secured your backup. But um, if he does play, are you, if he's active and playing, are you confident in starting Lamar Jackson? Or would you still pivot to a, a secondary option like Tua? I mean, it depends on the secondary option. Not all secondary options are made the same. Um, Tua, I like. Lamar, I mean, it, it's still Lamar Jackson, you know? He can still have a crazy game where he rushes for 150 yards and a touchdown, and, like, there goes your entire day, you know? Yeah. Trey? I mean, if he's injured, I would probably <laughs> I'd probably pivot. Um, Just coming off the injury, basically what you said, Tyler, if you have a good replacement, I would definitely use him. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Solid RB2 option. Yeah, just because of his usage. He seems to be like the guy. It's It's been proven for uh, quite a while now, like four or five weeks. Oh, geez, maybe like seven. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, Devontae Freeman's uh, an easy RB2. <clears throat> um, Hollywood Brown is listed as questionable for the game. Um, with an illness, um, but it's non-COVID related. So it kept him from practicing Thursday. Um, and it's, it's up in the air whether or not, you know, Lamar Jackson plays. If Lamar isn't playing, are you still okay starting Marquise Hollywood Brown? Not starting Marquise Brown either way. Either way, not starting him. Nope. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. The only person I like is Mark Andrews, especially with uh, Jackson being hobbled. 
Yeah, I mean, if uh, you look at Marquis, if you look at Hollywood Brown's stats, um, he hasn't gone over sixty yards since week nine. And hasn't scored a touchdown since week seven. Um, he's on the year he's still receiver eighteen, um, which is honestly amazing. That's because he had such a big start to the year. Um, but yeah, since since then he's been pretty pretty just bad. <laughs> yeah, I can get with that. So we're not starting Rashad Bateman either, right? No, that's that's a super dicey play. You know, first week of the playoffs. Um, Saints taking on the Buccaneers Sunday night football. The Bucks are eleven point favorites. Over unders forty six and a half points. Um, Leonard Fournette was dealing with an injury, but from Bruce Arians, it sounds like he will be good to go. Um, obviously Fournette's been having a big year. So you're starting him if he's active and playing, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a no-brainer. And Tom Brady's a must-start. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. All starts. Um, Gronkowski. Absolute must-start. So Tampa Bay's pretty easy um, in that regard. Um, You play everyone. Yeah. And on the New Orleans Saints side, we've already been talking about Taysom Hill a little bit, but he sounds like we're all in consensus that he's a what top ten quarterback this week. Definitely, it's gonna happen no matter what. I'm like guaranteeing it. Yeah, I mean, as we said earlier, like it's just his floor is insane for when it comes to fantasy. Even when a game where he has four turnovers, he's still a top, you know, eight eight play that week it's it doesn't make sense but he's a must start yeah alvin Kamara, huge game um in his return against the jets uh 27 attempts 120 yards and a touchdown five targets to the air four receptions 25 yards obviously you're starting alvin Kamara, and you know are you taking any shots on these receivers or tight ends no. <laughs> no. I'd yeah. rather take multiple shots of Everclear back to back. Yeah, right. Like, don't get it confused because just because we like taste doesn't mean we like his receivers. Like, he's going to get his points from the ground. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football, one of the Monday Night Football games now. Um, in the double header, the Vegas Raiders are one and a half point favorites and the over under is 38 and a half. Wow. I didn't think we'd get a lower over under than the Houston and the uh, <laughs> Jacksonville. Jacksonville Jaguars, but here we are. Um, Darren Waller's out on the Raiders side. Foster Moreau is in line to get the start again. He was limited at practice with the abdominal injury. Uh, but it's looking like he should be good to go. But does that mean you should start him? I'm curious if you guys think you should start him over guys like Kyle Pitts, Dallas Godair. Um What do you guys think? Uh, man, I, I like Foster Moreau a lot, but it's just been too inconsistent. Their offense is really incons- inconsistent right now besides Hunter Renfro. Um and Josh Jacobs, you got to still use too. But yeah, their offense is really unpredictable. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, Fosmer. I mean, the, his first game when he started for Waller, you know, five or six weeks ago, whatever it was, he played well. But in the last two starts, I mean, he's combined for six points. That is really, really bad. I know it's a good matchup for him, but I mean, is that what you're trying to bank on? Is a high upside play the first week of the playoffs? Yeah, it's definitely sketchy, and I think there's better options out there. Um, but if you're in a pinch and you're the Darren Waller manager and the only guy you got is Foster Moreau, I mean, yeah, you're gonna throw him in there. You can throw him in there. Um, Hunter Renfro, on the other hand, has been an absolute monster (laughs) as of late. Uh, the guy is just dirt nasty with the routes. Um, and he has to be because he's a small white guy. So, (laughs) um, He's wide receiver four overall since week 12. Is Renfro, in your guys' opinion, a must-start first week of the playoffs with Darren Waller out? Oh, yeah, definitely. With Darren Waller out, that makes him a must-start. Like, makes it no question. For yeah. sure. I think he's the only must-start on this offense. So no Josh Jacobs? No. Not a I bad mean- week against the Chiefs? No, and that, that's one of the things I want to brought up. I mean, we all said last week if he did not produce against the Chiefs, even though they even with their improved de- improved defense, that we we're all gonna be done with him. And I'm sticking on that board. I'm done with Josh Jacobs for the rest of this year. I don't care what the matchup is. He's proven right now he cannot produce. Are you guys still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm kind of with you on that, I guess, but. Um, he he definitely should have produced last week with the Chiefs since Kenyon Drake was on IR, and he's really inconsistent. Basically, you're hoping he scores a touchdown. His yards per carry and his explosiveness is not there. Really touchdown reliant, so it's a total boomer bust. Yeah, he is getting into that boomer bust type of stratosphere, but you look at the targets through the air the last couple weeks, nine targets uh, week 13 for nine receptions and six targets week 14 for five receptions. I like that kind of usage to the air for my running back. So for me, just off that target um, percentage through the air, I would put him in that low end RB two category. So I think he's startable with those numbers. But, it seems like he should be like a RB two, but like the, their running game is so bad. It's yeah. just, Definitely hampers him. Yeah, and Cleveland dealing with the the old COVID bug. I think there's a, a you know, there's rosters out there that you can definitely start Josh Jacobs on. There's going to be some people out there with, you know, you don't have a better option. Like, would you start? I don't know, Michael Carter over Josh Jacobs. Ooh, that's a tough one because Miami has such a good defense right now. I yes. would say Josh Jacobs. I'm going Carter. Wow. I would go Jacobs. It's close. Definitely close. Tyler's off Josh Jacobs and he's sticking to it. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> sticking to my guns. Um, moving on to the Browns, like we were talking about, they're riddled with COVID. Um, you know, they're in the advanced COVID. 19 protocols, 17 players, two coaches. That might have gone up since then, actually. Um, It's a lot of players, including Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, David Njoku. 
Um, Kareem Hunt is also likely to miss the game with an ankle injury. So assuming all those players are out, even though the game has been pushed back to Tuesday, um, or has it? Uh, no, it's just Monday. Monday, yeah. It'll be Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. our time, Pacific, which sucks. So, assuming all those guys are out, I mean, Nick Chubb, you still have to start, right? No matter what. Yeah. But do you consider starting guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Dearness Johnson? Dude, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think a lot of that is based off of whether Baker plays or not. Um, and I know that's not saying much because Baker's not been a very good quarterback this year. Um, but I mean, I still would have tr- more trust in him than I would over you know, what Case Keenum is their backup. Yeah, and I think he also got COVID. <laughs> that's right. So I mean, if they're both out, I mean, you're just, you, now you're relying on Nick Mullins. I'm like, nah, yeah. man, get out of here. And that's because <laughs> Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is the only answer. <laughs> Speaking of Nick Mullins, um, I only remember this because I'm a Raiders fan, but back in 2018, he absolutely lit up the Raiders. Remember when, um, I think it was Jimmy G. No, he played for the 49ers. Jimmy G went down and it was his first. He stepped in for the rest of the season for the 49ers, but he came in and just lit the Raiders up and did not do nearly as good the rest of the year. I wonder if they're just like bringing him around just to fuck with the Raiders. (laughs) Because I got PTSD from watching him just tear that defense (laughs) up. I was like, who well, is this dude? He was their third string quarterback at the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, I yeah, he's still a third string quarterback. So that's not saying a whole lot. But I mean, it's either Nick, if it's not Nick Mullins, it's Kyle Lualetta. Yeah. Practice and squad. I'm sure you guys are both actually who? Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, it's looking dicey. I mean, you start Nick Chubb and that's it. I, I wouldn't go there with Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, even though he. You know, he's a talented player, um, but the situation is just too murky. Uh, Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears in the second Monday night football game. The Vikings are three and a half point favorites over under 44 points. Um, Dalvin Cook, monster game. Um, You know, the last time they were out there, um, absolute must start. Um, Madison is on the 10 day quarantine. So, looking like he won't play, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that just means Cook is even a better play. Not like Madison eats into much of his carries, but it just means that there's no one else available at all. Right. Uh, Who's the feeling... backup to Dalvin Cook, then? Uh... I know who it is. I just want you guys <laughs> no, to... Oh, no. Kenny uh Oh, yeah, no, Wayne right. Gallman that they picked up, but there's also Kenny... Um, <laughs> who's shown some flashes in uh, the receiving or returning game? So I just wanted to hear it'll you it'll be name. all it'll all be uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah, I know it. I, I've heard it a few times, which helps. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure though. Uh, Thielen did not practice Friday. He's expected to be a game time decision, so it's not looking great for Thielen. Um, KJ Osborne had nine targets, three receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown with Thielen out. Um, and Chicago's ranked 25th versus receivers. So, do you think KJ Osborne is playable with Thielen out? Most definitely. 
Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. I mean, he had the big play last week and against a crappy Bears pass defense, he's bound to get another big play this week. Yeah, you guys have liked him like in recent weeks and the kind of like earlier in the season, and I'm finally on board. Finally. <laughs> Week 15, I like KJ Osborne. <laughs> we finally roped him in. Yeah, it took four <laughs> yeah. months. Just in the small amount of like opportunities that I did see him get, you know, early on in the season, coming into the season, he looks like a really good player. But it does worry me last, you know, time out. If he didn't have that big play, he wouldn't have done much for you. Um, so it kind of scares me that you're kind of counting on a play like that to happen. So it's a real fringe worthy flex play for me. Um, like, would you guys start in the same game? Would you start um, Darnell Mooney or KJ Osborne? I like KJ Osborne, but um, what were you going to say, Irby? Who do you like? No, I, I'm leaning towards Osborne also. I know. I, yeah, mean, I would go like, Mooney. Well, I, I know Allen Robinson, like, he's done nothing all year anyway, so that doesn't really mean much, but. The Bears' passing offense is super inconsistent, and that includes Mooney. Um, you yeah. know, he had that three-game run though; he's really good at, and then he's combined for eight points last two weeks. So that's really, really tough to to bank on. Yeah, and then like vice versa, like on the other end, you have the Vikings who traditionally stick with like their three main receivers. They don't really use that many receivers, right? And right. since Thielen's going to be out, and we see that KJ Osborne gets a bunch of looks when Thielen's out, it just seems way more reliable to count on his usage than uh, Mooney kind of being like the one of the last guys left, I guess. Um, yeah, it just it, on top of the fact that the Bears are not good against receivers, KJ Osborne just looks monumentally better in my eyes. Uh, Justin Fields fully practiced Thursday. He's expected to play and start um he had 19.3 fantasy points the last week put up 73 rushing yards so with that rushing upside do you see justin fields as a streamable option in the first week of the playoff no <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean i i know the the product the rushing production is there and it has been for most of the year um where he's pretty consistently putting up, you know, at least 30 yards a game rushing. But unless he's going to put get it into the end zone that way, I mean, his passing side of the things are just bad. Like, you know, as a rookie yeah. quarterback, you would, you would expect, especially in on an offense that's not very dynamic, not very unique, uh, bad offensive line. Uh, it's what you would expect from him. But, I mean, rushing attempts by itself aren't enough. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. I, I like me some rushing quarterbacks, but not yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Mon Montgomery had a non-COVID illness, David Montgomery, that is, uh, but uh, should be good to go now. Uh, Minnesota allows 4.7 yards per carry and at least 80 yards to running backs in the last three games. So David Montgomery's looking like a really solid start. Um, and we already talked to him about, about him a little bit. Uh, Mooney's been inconsistent. Um, so, like, with Darnell Mooney being, you know, the wide receiver one, I guess you could call him, in the offense, is he, you know, 
flex worthy play in your guys' opinion, or is he just totally off the board? Oh man, here I'll dive into it here. I he he's a borderline flex for me, just because he's the last guy left. But I mean, like we were saying earlier, if you're choosing between him or KJ, it's just he's definitely like a tier lower in my eyes this week. Yeah, I'd only play him if I'm, if I'm in a like a super flex league where a league that I can play four receivers, because um, that's where I see him as a receiver four this week. Like, how low would you go? Would you start him over Jameson Crowder? Yeah. Jameson Crowder's, like, not even on my board. Okay. <laughs> I wonder how low we go there with Mooney. Yeah, I think Mooney's startable. Um, just given out of straight necessity, right? It's just whether or not Justin Fields can get him the ball. Um, but moving on to the Washington football team taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, which has now been moved to Tuesday. Um, Philadelphia Eagles are seven-point favorites over under 44 points. Uh, Taylor Heineke and the backup quarterback, Kyle Allen, are likely out with COVID. But Allen did test positive on Wednesday, and Taylor tested positive on Friday. So it's more likely that Kyle Allen clears protocol just because he has more time. Um, if neither of them play though, it's likely going to be Garrett Gilbert, uh, who they just signed or GG. one of their practice squad QBs. Yeah. GG Kyle Shermer. I'm pretty sure is that Pat Shermer's son or something? Kyle Shermer is like the other quarterback <laughs> that's like next he, up. Yeah. I think Ugh. he was on their practice squad. Um, so, you know, what are we doing with this receiving game? Like Terry McLaurin's been terrible as of late. Um, he's not producing for your fantasy squad. And if you made it to the playoffs with Terry McLaurin on your team, can you even start him right now? For Probably me, not. it for me, it's <laughs> I, I. You can't start Terry McLaurin, like. Unless somehow Taylor Heineke makes it back and then maybe, but still, even with, with Taylor Heineke playing the last few weeks, uh, Scary Terry's been pretty irrelevant and not producing for your team. Oh, yeah, I'm avoiding all of these receivers besides Ricky Seals-Jones. See, actually, I'm off of Ricky this week, too, only because the QB situation so fucked up. I think it doesn't affect the tight end situation as much, but I have a horrible train of thought when it comes to that. You know, I think lesser quarterbacks <laughs> can't throw the ball as deep and tight ends are typical security blankets. So they tend to gravitate towards each other. You know, honestly, here's the thing about all these games that are being affected from COVID, you know, being postponed like from Saturday to Monday and Sundays to Tuesday is that it's a dicey play to play any of those players that are in the COVID protocols. Because even if you're like, oh, I'm going to roll with OBJ because he tested negative on Friday. If something happens where he doesn't get activated and you have him in your starting lineup, you can't change him out now because you yeah. your rest team is already played. You have nobody to go in there for them. So like right. all these guys are super, super sketchy to play because they're going to play so much later than everybody else. Yep. No, yeah, that's I, a really I good point. Yeah. 
So yeah, for me, I you know I'm benching Scary Terry this week. I I, I do think Ricky Seals Jones is a good start, just because the matchup is so good. Um, Philadelphia has been terrible against tight ends all year. They're giving up the most fantasy points to the position. So I think if anyone, I kind of agree with Trey. You, if anyone, if you can start anyone, it's Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, but that's it. Uh, McKissick did not practice again on Friday. It's looking like he probably won't play. Well, hey, real quick, let's go back to the tight end thing. So okay. you have you have Ricky. Like I'm super up in the because the quarterback situation scares the hell out of me. If we have a third string quarterback playing, you guys are still okay going with Ricky. Um, yeah, based yes. on what we said previously, <laughs> and the fact that we already have noted multiple times in this podcast that the Washington football team uses their tight end one one hundred percent of the time, almost every game. So that just increases his chances of getting the ball thrown at him compared to, let's just say, Cole Komet. We were talking about the Bears just before. Yeah, he's having around like 60% snap percentage, and he might get six catches. He might get one. I think Stills Jones is still more con- consistent than that. Yeah, and, and, you know, with Scary Terry being hurt and not playing well and Curtis Samuel also dealing with that growing injury, not playing a whole lot, I mean, out of pure necessity, I think you can start Ricky Seals-Jones. I, mean, I think you guys are putting a lot of faith in a guy you haven't heard of until today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, true. Ricky Seals-Jones? <laughs> but, no, Gary but Kyle Allen, there's, there's a, oh, a Gary pretty Gilbert, good yeah. chance. There's a pretty good chance Kyle Allen makes it back, you know. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, it's dicey for sure, but. Tight end position, borderline top 12. And I I think a lot of it has to do with the tight end position being so slim in the first place, you know? Okay. So if he's borderline top 12, Trey, him or Kyle Pitts? I think. Are you asking Trey or me? I'm asking both (laughs) of you. I just, I directed towards Trey because he said he made the the borderline 12 comment. Ah, man. That's going to contradict what I said earlier about Pitts. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're both going to be like around the same area, really. Right. I, I'll take Pitts, though, just because you're going with a quarterback that actually um, has chemistry with him. Okay. Kind of. Um, Antonio yeah. Gibson, he's looking primed for a three-down roll, but it's been very hit or miss <laughs> with Antonio Gibson. <laughs> same situation. Like, are you comfortable playing Antonio Gibson? I'm more comfortable playing Antonio Gibson the farther down the the QB depth chart we go. Antonio Gibson or Ricky Seals Jones? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I think you can start Gibby, but there's some linemen that they're missing also. So I I would temper expectations pretty heavily. Yeah. Antonio Gibson or Josh Jacobs? Gibson. <sighs> Looking at their stat lines, they they look very similar. Just inconsistency, relying on touchdowns, a lot of low yard per carry gains. Very similar guys fantasy-wise. Yeah, I would lean on. Jacobs gets more receiving looks. Yeah, but with McKissick out, Gibson could get a, a lot of check downs and stuff like that, working with a backup quarterback. I would go Gibson there. 
Um, on the other side of the ball, though, Philly um, hurts fully practice Friday, so he's looking good to go. Um, so you're you're plugging Jalen Hurts in if he's playing. Well, he is playing, so you're plugging him in. Um, Miles Sanders also fully practiced Friday. Um, he topped 100 rushing yards for the first time this year last week. How excited were you about that, Tyler? Extremely. It only mm-hmm. confirms that he's a fucking great running back. um howard is also expected to be back this week last time they suited up together sanders had 94 yards and howard had 63 so with howard coming back does that worry you at all starting miles sanders not after you just showed that they both had great games (laughs) yeah that that was after philadelphia kind of figured out their like mojo is the running game you know what i'm saying like halfway through the year, they were like, okay, we're just going to start running the ball because that's what we can do. Right. I just <laughs> can't go over the fact. Sorry, I can't go over the fact that Sanders is still averaging five yards a carry and is not getting enough touches. <laughs> I, I, I just can't. And if you look at his career averages, he has literally averaged five yards a carry for his career. Like, yeah. I don't understand what this notion of not giving him the damn ball. I don't get it either, but it seems like they're trending towards that direction. And with them doing so it's kind of hurt DeMonta Smith. Um, he hasn't scored a touchdown or had double digit fantasy points since week 10. You know who hurt Devonta Devonte Smith, Jalen hurt Devonte Smith. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he was, he was targeting him a lot, you know, throughout the beginning of the season, but things have tapered off quite a bit. So, you know, Devontae Smith, like, is he – where do you place him? Is he a wide receiver two, three? You know, how do you see Devontae Smith this week? It's like wide receiver four, in my opinion, because um, his usage has dropped so much, and Jalen Hurts is just not throwing the ball very well at all. He hasn't thrown for more than 200 passing yards since week seven, and that was against the Raiders, who are notoriously just – um, a fantasy sieve to every position. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I'd have to agree in almost any, you know, twelve or almost almost any fourteen team league. Dante Smith is really hard to play. Um, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's basically irrelevant, only because his passing game is so inept. Yeah, yeah, it's tough for me to start Devontae Smith right now. Dude, even if he's catching half of the, the yardage that Hertz is throwing, it, it's still not even like flexible. It, it'd be like seventy yards a game. Yeah. Um, would you start like T. Higgins over Devontae Smith? That's easy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. TM up. <laughs> uh, Seahawks taking on the Rams in the last game on Tuesday, or the second game on Tuesday. Uh, Rams are four and a half point favorites. The over under is forty five and a half points. Um, Metcalf- as far as we know, the second Tuesday game so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens through the next twenty four hours. But um, DK Metcalf did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, but returned to practice fully on Friday. Uh, so that's a really good sign for. Uh, obviously, DK Metcalf managers and Seattle Seahawks fans. And honestly, that was also expected. He's been doing that since like week four. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so he he becomes a must start with you know Tyler Lockett being um, on the COVID protocol. Um, D. Eskridge and Freddie Swain also practice in full on Friday. So if you're the Tyler Lockett manager, you know, um, and Trey, I know you are. Are you picking up Eskridge or Freddie Swain just in case um, Tyler Lockett doesn't play? And if so, which one are you picking up? I am not interested in picking either of them up as a backup because I personally just don't know much about them. And I know more about other backups that I'm willing to trust more. I'm curious what Irby thinks about these guys since he's our local Seahawks fan. And has seen the most of them. Yeah. Um, honestly, they're both like decent receivers. Um, D. Eskridge has missed most of the year with a concussion. Uh, Freddie Swain has always been kind of, just guy gets thrown in there every once in a while. As a number two receiver, if that is the case, who knows what could happen. Um, but I wouldn't feel comfortable playing either one of them in for Tyler Lockett. I would say that if you're really worried about Lockett playing, then I would find another player to go with that's playing on Sunday or Monday. Okay, so you wouldn't even take the risk, like, because we're probably not going to get a final decision until, you know, on Tyler Lockett until maybe late Monday or even Tuesday morning. So, yeah, if that's the case and you don't hear anything Sunday morning, you're you're pivoting. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to. It's too dicey of a play. I mean, you're talking about Tyler Lockett, who is a number one receiver for most of the year, especially as of late, going to people that most people have not heard of, except for, you know, Seahawks fans. Um, Rashad Penny, who has, you know, had had that big blow-up game against the Houston Texans last week. Um, he's looking like to be the lead back, but the extra days could also allow Alex Collins to return from COVID and Adrian Peterson to get back to hundred percent health. Um, so with the extra days, do you still, I mean, do you think Rashad Penny is playable against now the Los Angeles Rams in week 15 in the first week of the playoffs, only having, you know, one solid game in the last you know, how many years <laughs> do you trust Rashad Penny uh, this week against the Rams? I feel like after all the waiver pickup hype for him this week, like you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not a very good matchup against the Rams. So he, and we said on, even on the waiver wire episode that like, even if you did pick him up, it's tough to start him this week uh, just because the matchup is, is hard. Um, Alex Collins and Adrian Peterson coming back doesn't worry me at all. Uh, he, I think he's shown enough last two weeks to to get the chance. And even Pete Carroll came out and said that he deserves a chance to be the number one guy this week. And so I think they're going to treat him that way. Now, whether or not he can produce against this Rams defense is a whole other question. But, you know, if you're in a, a tight spot, you're running back situation, which many people are this late in the year, um, I think he's a, he's a good dice roll. I might Would be you wrong about this, my bad, James, but I'm curious. Is Rashad Penny on the last year of his rookie contract? He is. Uh, the The Seahawks declined his fifth-year option because he was a first-round pick, and so they had that the ability, mm-hmm. but because he's shown nothing up until the last couple weeks for, for his career, uh, they did not. I think that's an interesting little curveball that goes in there because you have like, your first-round pick who has been basically 
useless for four years is finally useful during the last four weeks that you get to use him or five weeks. So why not use the shit out of him? Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see them doing that for sure. Like, Hey, show us what you got. Right. So would you go Rashad Penny or Jeff Wilson? Rashad Penny. I think Penny too. Yeah. That's a pretty penny this week. (laughs) Yeah. It's I don't know, man. The Rams matchup scares me. Um, Speaking of the Rams on their offensive side of the ball, Cooper Cup obviously locked in your lineup. Just really hope and pray he doesn't get COVID between now and Sunday or Tuesday, I guess. Um, uh, but if he's going, you're you're he's locked in. Uh, Stafford has also been on a roll the last three weeks, throwing three touchdowns in the last three games each. Um, he's been QB four in that same time frame. Um, Stafford's a top 12 play easily. Um, Daryl Henderson. Hen- Henderson tested positive for, for COVID on December 11th and sat out the week 14 game. Um, but the decision to push this game back to Tuesday might provide enough time for him to clear the necessary COVID protocols. So how are you managing the Rams backfield situation? If you have Henderson, but you don't have Sony Michelle as a handcuff, are you pivoting if you don't get any news on Sunday morning? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have to. Yeah. If you're, if you're in the playoffs, like you can't rely on, you know, a top 10 running back, maybe, or maybe not playing like that's just, that's stupid. That's not very, being a very good manager, honestly. COVID's the new hammy. She's just like, I don't know. How's it going to be that day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, how's it feeling? <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. But, uh, Michelle, Sony Michelle, he he'd be locked in if if Henderson doesn't play. I think he's just, you know obviously a solid start, but again, it's basically the last game of the week, so um, you can't rely on that either. So it, right. it leaves that situation really dicey. You the know, only really, if if you have both of them, you're good. You know, because right. then you can you can flip flop them. But outside of that, it's a really tough play. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, looks like he could be on track to, to clear, uh, waiver protocols. He posted on Twitter, uh, today, Friday, that is, um, that he tested negative. So it's looking like he could play. Um, but hopefully we get a little bit more clarity on his situation before the Sunday games start. And if we do, Right, and they say he's playing and he's good to go. Are you playing Odell Beckham Jr.? I don't do it with any confidence. I know he's scored what three weeks in a row now, um, which is great. But that's the, I mean the production outside of that hasn't been great, you know, other than the touchdowns. So yeah. little touchdown dependent. Little bit. Um, I think right now I still feel much more comfortable going with Van Jefferson over OBJ. Okay. I think they're both very similar players. I mean, Van Jefferson also has three touchdowns in the last three weeks and seems to be touchdown dependent. Um, Honestly, they're both like the same to me this week. 
Um, but if LBJ is out, I'm starting Van Jefferson. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but again, you can't really, you know, wait for that information. So yeah, this whole Tuesday thing is really <laughs> not fun for fantasy. Well, Van Jefferson seems a little safer because he's there's nothing going on with him and he right. seems he seems to be finding a nice little place in their offense. Yeah, because I think if even if OBJ does play, you can still start Van Jefferson. And if OBJ doesn't play, then Van Jefferson becomes a, a really great start. So yeah, exactly. Uh, Tyler Higby still in COVID protocol after missing last week's game. Their second string tight end also tested positive for COVID. But Tyler, if your boy Tyler makes it back, clears protocol, or are you not waiting for that news? Man, me, me and Ty ain't aiming boys for like six weeks. <laughs> um, he, it's just, he's, it's way too inconsistent. I mean, he became, he's been like the fourth or fifth option most weeks in the passing offense. So, yeah, yeah. That, uh, as much as I thought, I honestly, at the beginning of the year, I thought he was going to be great. I just thought it was, you know, big money. He was one of my like sleeper tight ends, but didn't work out. And, now it's just like not even considering him. If yeah. you're in a super deep league, it looks like three of their tight ends have COVID, but it looks like the guy who filled in last week for him was Kendall Blanton. That's like the re- looks to be their receiving tight end they have in the wings. If something does go down, that's someone you can look at. Yeah, that's a deep one. <laughs> yeah, it's super uh, deep. Yeah, I can't help it with tight ends, though. Some people might be looking. <laughs> Trey loves a good tight end. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into our starts of the week. Um, I'll start it off here at the quarterback position. I'm going to take a uh, Dak Prescott actually as my start of the week. He's taking on the Giants defense that has been strong against, uh, opposing passing games, but he did pick them apart for 302 yards and three touchdowns when they last met in week five. Um, even though that's a, feels like forever ago i really do feel like uh the dallas is gonna have to lean on dak this week um you know zeke is apparently good to go but he hasn't really looked healthy uh for many weeks um now and pollard is looking like a game time decision so I, I really think the dallas cowboys are gonna have to lean on the passing game and i think Dak could have a big bounce back uh week this week and i i feel like you should confidently start him as a top 12 qb yeah definitely um i'll go next here with my quarterback of the week my quarterback start of the week is going to be Taysom hill versus the buccaneers we've obviously talked about this quite a bit already on the podcast or on this episode but um I, it's just meant to be you know josh allen played against them last week and ran 12 times for 109 yards and a touchdown. Those are using designed runs, but I mean, they were just totally gashing them on these plays. So I think New Orleans will be able to do that. And we already know that Taysom Hill has a really nice 20 point floor and a little cherry on top. If you're like, Oh, the Buccaneers are really good defense. Well, Jalen Hurts also had two rushing touchdowns against the Buccaneers. So I think they just get gashed against rushing quarterbacks. Yeah. 
I mean, I was, it's funny. I think Taysom Hill like snuck into this podcast, this, these last two episodes a lot. It seems like for like no reason, it just kept like coming up. He's undeniable. Yeah. He's a force at this point. <laughs> He's the Thanos of fantasy football. That's the hill I'm going <laughs> to die inevitable. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So um, before I get a pick, I just got to ask you guys one question. You like that? Oh, because wow. I'm going for Kirk Cousins, baby. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I had to do it. Um, Ozzy, he's been a top 10 quarterback all year, like super consistent week in, week out. The Bears the last four weeks have been even worse against quarterbacks, which seems hard to do. They're giving up 21 points a game. And if you're worried about them playing in Chicago in the middle of December, don't worry. The Midwest isn't getting any snow. Kirk Cousins is going off. <laughs> oh, boy. Hopping on the Cousins. Um <laughs> Good point in throwing in the the forecast. Honestly, that's a huge yeah. point at in uh, Chicago. What do they call it? Soldier Field. Yep. Uh, running backs. I have James Robinson this week. Urban is gone, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, James Robinson is a super talented running back, um, and like we talked about earlier, Daryl Bevel said that Robinson um, is their starting running back. And with Carlos Hyde officially out with the concussion, I see James Robinson getting 20-plus touches and having a big game against the Houston Texans, who is, you know, a great matchup for running backs. God, that one just seems – it seems so inevitable. Yeah. Bring back there. <laughs> but, man, it's just – God, it's scary how inevitable it is, honestly. It's almost too good. Yeah. I um, – in – Ah, sorry. My running back start of the week is going to be Ramondre Stevenson versus the Colts. I think he's just primed to have a big game. Uh, Damian Harris was rolled out last week, and last time Damian Harris didn't play was week 11, and Ramondre had 20 carries, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, The Buccaneers played the Colts a couple weeks ago, and the Buccaneers had four rushing touchdowns on the ground, three for Fournette, one for Ronald Jones. And the Patriots are just a really good running team. But before Harry Harris went down, he had a rushing touchdown in like seven consecutive games or something. So it's looking good. So I ask you guys a question. I'm just joking. I don't have a fucking segue for this one. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, I'm going, um, again, as we talked about just uh, a few minutes ago, I'm going with Daryl Henderson or Sony Michelle, whichever one gets to start against the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks are just awful against the against running backs. They have been all year. They give up a ton of passing yards to them too, and they're both good backs out of the backfield. So whoever does get the start, you should start. I understand not being able to go with Henderson if uh, if you don't have Michelle. That's completely understandable. But you have them both like easy, easy, easy must start. They'll probably be top five running back of the week. Yeah, oh, for sure. Forgot to hit, hit my double yuck. Um, last week, this is how bad the Seahawks are against running backs. They gave up 20 points to the combo of Rex Burkhead and Royce Freeman. I almost said Rex Grossman. <laughs> but Rex Burkhead and Royce Freeman last week. I mean, are you kidding me? Two guys that were yeah. barely even in the league last year just put up 20 points against the Seahawks. Like, come on. I started Burkhead last week against the Seahawks. Holler at yeah, I'm sure you were pretty happy about it, too. <laughs> I felt decent. I was definitely happy. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, Receivers, I like 
Chase Claypool this week. He's averaged 80 yards per game since week 10 and is taking on the Tennessee Titans, who have given up the second most points to the wide receiver position on the year. So, like I said in my take a little earlier, I think he's going to be looking to make up for his major oof from last week. Um, I think he can plug him in as a solid wide receiver two option this week. Right on. I'm going to go with KJ Osborne versus the Bears for my wide receiver start of the week. As we were saying earlier, Thielen's out again, and when Thielen was out, he had nine targets, and the Vikings tend to roll with who they have starting at receiver, so I like K.J. Osborne getting a good amount of looks this week. And, I mean, Green Bay lit up uh, the Bears last week, had three receiving touchdowns. Green Bay does own, well, I guess Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears, but they're definitely liable in the the (laughs) defensive game. Trey, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) all right uh i'm going with uh Devontae parker uh playing they're they're playing the jets also you can play basically everybody for miami this week you it's like a pick one you know you could have picked Tua. you could have picked miles gas and you could have picked Devontae parker you could have picked mike kosecki they're all gonna probably have good games um the biggest thing is that Devontae parker is the receiver one with Jalen waddle out and whenever Devontae parker is healthy he does produce i think it's even multiplied with Waddle being out. So he should be as easy, easy top 10 play this week. That's like our four horsemen right there. You know, Gasicki, Parker, Gaskin, and Tua. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> it seems like we're all in on all four of those guys. Yeah, we are, but... um, My tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones, baby. Even, you know, there are some questionable options at quarterback for sure this week, but um, there is still a chance Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen um, clear protocol. Um, So we're banking on that a little bit, but um, I still think, you know, out of pure necessity, like we talked about, Ricky Seals-Jones will get the work or the targets needed to give you a solid outing at tight end. Um, Eagles are giving up the most fantasy points to the tight end position in the entire league. Um, and it's looking like um, Terry McLaurin probably won't play. Um, trying to clear concussion protocol. And with the entire team banged up, I, I don't know. I, I just have a feeling he won't play. Um, so I like Ricky Seals-Jones this week. That'd be a nice story next, uh, like this week, if Ricky sealed a victory for you in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. <laughs> yes, sir. So for tight ends, my start of the week is going to be Zach Ertz versus the Lions. Said a little bit about it earlier. I just think his role is going to increase with um, Hopkins out for the rest of the year. Uh, the Lions give up the third most points to tight ends in the last three weeks. And I think if they're in the red zone and they're passing, he has a really good chance of being a re- the one catching it. Yeah. Um, this week, man, I, tight end was such a hard position for me to pick this week. Um, I was trying not to go too obvious because, it, you know, the obvious choice is the obvious choice. Um, and I was leaning towards Gasecki, but I already picked Devontae Parker. I don't like to double up the team. So <laughs> just for the hell of it, I'm going with Pratt, Pat Firemuth, who I know is not a great matchup. But the way he gets targeted in the red zone, I just assume he's scoring a touchdown this week, which automatically puts him as a top 10 tight end. 
You should have went that. with the uh, quadruple start of the week. Just, <laughs> just go do uh, all all the offensive players. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say Gasicki's an easy choice, man. Should just went with it. I don't like to double him up like that. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I I just don't want to do that. Then I was like, oh, maybe Dawson Knox. Well, no shit, Dawson Knox is like tight end number two on the year. Like, you know, I can't pick that guy. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know, but that's what it is. Fire me with touchdown, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stink, you got some defenses for the people. Yeah, I mean, this week, I really think it's a good week for defenses just all around. It might be the best fantasy week for defenses overall. I think that it's going to have like the highest average of the year, if that makes sense, with all the COVID going on. Um, just everything switching around. Defenses are going to do pretty good this week. But four sticking out to me. The easy one is the uh, Miami versus the Jets, and they're playing in Miami. Um, it's just a no-brainer there. Um, I like the Raiders versus the Browns only because of Corona. If the Browns continue to have that many people out, that's kind of a no-brainer. Same thing with the Eagles versus the Washington football team. You know, If they have that many starters out on offense, it's just bound to be a, a good game for their defense. And then I also like the Texans versus Jacksonville. They last played in week one. And that was before Urban the Beetle started rolling his dung ball across the NFL, spreading his shit everywhere. <laughs> uh, so I think that was a somewhat decent Jacksonville team at the time. And Houston still had eight points against them and only allowed 21 points. So they'll be figuring things out with a new coach. I like the Texans this week. All righty. Well, that'll do it. Uh, you don't want to talk about Miami? I, I talked about him in the beginning. I just said it, it was oh. just uh, obvious because it's the Jets and they've been hot and they're also playing in Miami. Home field advantage, like everything's just pointing in that direction. Gotcha. Well, good luck to all of you um, in your first week of the playoffs. Hopefully, like I said, you have Travis Kelster on your team and you already basically have a guaranteed win. Uh, but if not, good luck and we will see you next week for a round two playoff waiver wire edition on Tuesday um, and matchups later in the week. Uh, again, we're the fantasy football fathers at the FF fathers on Twitter. Um, so give us a follow, like anything um, that will help support our little show here. And we will see you guys next week. Send the love. Yeah, I mean, we'll we hopefully be staying on top of this COVID stuff on Twitter. So at least follow us and we'll be retweeting updates and tweeting updates. The show. Later. Later.